eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Hey, everybody. It is time for Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for joining us here on the show. Scott Goldbranson. As always, joined by my man, my co-host, my friend, Mr. Mo Moten. He is uh, NFL senior writer at Bleacher Report and also the Raiders columnist over at SportsNot. There is not much going on, right, Mo? You're covering the entire league. We're talking Raiders football here, obviously, on Silver and Black today. But, man, it like this week, it's Monday into Tuesday now, it feels like these first two days of the week, it feels like football season, doesn't it? There's going to be a football game played this week, and the Raiders <laughs> are in it. So that that's all you need to know. Enough said right there. So as we've been saying in the last few couple of shows, Raiders-Jaguars coming up. I know you have a conspiracy theory to bring up about <laughs> teams that play in the Hall of Fame game. That's going to be no, fun. No, no conspiracy theories. It's just data. And we're going to get to the data. That's a good tease, as they call it. And look at Mo. He's getting all broadcast-like. Teasing stuff that's in the last segment, but he's on top of it. That's good. But yes, absolutely. Oh, by the way, before we head into the show, you got to do us a favor. Mo and I both. Go subscribe to the show if you haven't already done it. Wherever you get your podcasts, just go look up Silver and Black today. Hit us up for a subscription there. Uh, make sure you get it that way. The show's pushed to you directly. Also, give us a five-star rating. We certainly appreciate that. The feedback uh, as we've joined the Odyssey Network has been incredibly positive, so we certainly appreciate that. But don't miss any shows. We're going to have one today. We have one Thursday pregame show, and then I'm even going to do one on Thursday night after the game for Friday morning. So lots of content coming your way, so let's uh, make sure you do that. We appreciate that. Also, just a rundown on the show tonight. We're going to talk about just the latest news that came out of camp uh, as of yesterday on Monday. Some news there as well as over the weekend. Uh, We'll get to that as far as injuries, some signings. Also, Alex Leatherwood. Yes, the conversation is back. We're going to talk about the Raiders offensive line because it continues to be a question mark and there's uncertainty there. In the second segment, we'll talk more about camp. We'll talk about Derek Carr. He's getting comfortable in the Josh McDaniels system. 
He also talked about over the weekend on Sunday uh, a little bit about the focus that this team has on limiting pre-snap penalties and whatnot. So we'll hear from that from him as well. And then in the third segment, as Mo mentioned, the Hall of Fame game. It's great because you're the first game of the year. But there's some numbers there that might not be so positive if you're a fan of one of the teams in the game. So we're going to talk about that as we get towards the end of the show. But, Mo, let's let's get right to it here with, obviously, I think the hottest story when it comes to the Raiders at camp so far. We knew going in, we talked about it, offensive line, defensive backs. Offensive line, the national microscope, NFL Network, was in Henderson at camp. They talked at nauseum about the offensive line because of Derek Carr, because of this potentially high-powered offense. But then we hear last week into the weekend, the the media on the ground, the beat writers, talking about how Alex Leatherwood wasn't with the first team at certain times. Then he was. Then he didn't look good. Then he looked dejected. And so what I want to do before we dive in and talk to that, because I think some of this, right or wrong, is reading the room and reading the player by those there and those reporting on the team. And that was how Alex Leatherwood was sort of carrying himself and responding. So we're going to go to this clip. It's a little bit of a longer clip over a minute about them asking Vinny Bonsignor, our friend at the Las Vegas Review Journal asks Alex Leatherwood about, Hey, how does it feel? Maybe you're not the starter right now, all this kind of stuff. And I want you to watch the video and tell us what you think, because the media thought that he was giving off some negative body language. So let's watch this now. Uh, yeah, it's going good. Uh, we got a, a very talented O-line group, um, a lot of good depth, so uh, great competition. You know what I mean? So, you, I mean, yeah, I know you want to start. Um, you know, uh, how are you processing just the fact that right now it looks like maybe you're not starting? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just all about going in um, each day and just uh, keep your head down and working. You know what I mean? Um, make the main thing the main thing. You know what I mean? Just um, me do my work. They do their work, you know. Just have fun, compete. Alex, obviously you went to a school where even as a big recruit, you know, you had to, to, to compete for reps. Has that kind of prepared you for, for how we deal with that? <clears throat> yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, just me being at Bama, you know what I mean, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm no stranger to uh, competition, so uh, I know exactly how to handle it. With that being said, with the competition, do you think this preseason for you is going to be more important than anything going into the season? Um, no, not really. I feel like uh, every day is important. You know what I mean? So um, just um, the way I come in every day and work, and uh, yeah, so. With the, with the competition that you're enduring and, and what you knew you personally had to work on coming in over this first week or so of camp, what, what more have you seen maybe from your competition that you'd like to improve upon? Um, nothing really specific. But uh, just improve my game as a whole. You know what I mean? Uh, pass pro in the run game. You can never be perfect in this game. So always work on everything. Well, there you go, Mo. Uh, Alex Leatherwood talking to the media. The media asking him some questions, you know, that, that aren't exactly easy for a player who might be struggling, right? He stood up there. He took it. Now, we've heard Alex Leatherwood before. He's not a real talkative guy. Not every player is. And that's okay, too. When you watch that clip, what what do you gather from what he said, number one? And number two, look, it's camp. There, there's competition going on at every position. Are we reading too much into it, or what's your takeaway? I think people are reading a little too much into it. 
you mentioned it. Alex Leatherwood has always been the most talkative person at the microphone at the podium. So I'm not expecting a show, you know, personality, especially when you're you might not start. So, I mean, what do you expect him to say for a guy who is the first round pick? You know, for for the time being, he was tapped to be the right tackle, the starting right tackle to book in the Colt Miller. And now you get into your second training camp and you're taking now 13 reps behind a, a rookie seventh round. Thea Mumford was getting first team reps at one point when I believe Brandon Parker was at left tackle, according to reports. So the fall has been pretty quickly for him in terms of where he is in the pecking order. Now, I will say there's a lot of time left. We're, you know, we haven't even got to a Hall of Fame game um, yet. So he can improve. He can show improvement over the next few weeks and make a push i wouldn't count him out of the, the battle for right tackle yet but i will say that the reports right now that we're reading and hearing are much different than reports that we heard from the spring so i said this on last on last week's show that all the reports are saying outside the woods getting all the reps at right tackle he's with the first teams with the starters and now you're hearing something totally different as far as where he is between the first second and third team so i caution people all the time when it comes to training camp and these spring practices before the pads are on the field, be careful how much you take with these reports. Take it with a grain of salt because things can change quickly from May to August in terms of where a player is, especially with new coaching staff coming in. No, that's no question. And then I know we, we discussed last show about Alex Leatherwood maybe be, being better suited in this system to the guard position, which I know – uh, some people didn't like us talking about that and made comments on a YouTube channel or on the podcast saying, no, he's a right tackle. But clearly there continues to be a struggle there. It doesn't mean he can't overcome it. But clearly, I don't know how much how much patience Josh McDaniels and the staff are going to have. I mean, clearly you're going to go with your best guy. That, that doesn't matter. Week, week one, you're going in the preseason now. We'll see how much he plays. That'll be, I think, indicative of where he's at early on. I know it's just one game. But with a guy you're trying to get settled in to see what he can do, a game like the Hall of Fame game, the first preseason game, seems like an awfully great opportunity to put him against some live competition and see what happens. Are we going to learn enough, do you think, in the next couple weeks? Um, could this be something resolved pretty quickly with that player? Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
I think we're going to learn a lot in the next couple of weeks. May not be to the Raiders fans' liking because I know, as you mentioned, a lot of Raider fans wanted Oxlade to win tackle spot because they, you know, a lot of people compared him to Colton Miller, and I cautioned against that mm-hmm. because, as I said, coming into the league, there was question marks whether Leatherwood was a guard or a tackle. I was one of the people who felt like he was a guard. Now, the next few weeks, I would give Leatherwood a lot of snaps at both positions. Let him play at guard, right guard and tackle. So to, to this point, I haven't seen or read anything about him getting any reps at guard. So maybe they don't see him as a guard at all. Mm. But if he's a if he's a struggling tackle, I think you got to experiment with him unless you're trying to trade him behind the scenes because there are reports now that the Bears are trying to trade uh, Tevin Jenkins, who's not Your a guy. air system, uh, who I was high on coming out of Oklahoma State. Yes. I wanted the Raiders to draft Tevin, Tevin Jenkins, but it turns out he may not be a fit for the new Bears coaches staff, so they may trade him. Uh, Ian Rappaport was on that, saying that the Bears have been engaged in trade talks with him. I wouldn't mind if the Raiders brought him in if he's a fit for their scheme. But um, it seems right now they they seem high on Brandon Parker. Like That seems to be their guy right now at the right tackle <laughs> position. Maybe Thayer Mumford, the, the rookie seventh rounder out of Ohio State, being the backup. But Back to Leatherwood. At this point, you just give him as many reps as you can during the preseason. Okay, so there's a possibility of a trade with another team to try to address the tackle position if you're the Raiders. The Bears, yeah, with Tevin maybe looking to move him. The Raiders could be looking to move Leatherwood. Could we see a swap of those two guys? Maybe not head for head. Who knows? But I I just sense, Mo, from, from the way that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler operate that they're not going to wait around. They're not going to give the guy until week two of the NFL season. Uh, if they don't feel that he's going to be the starter or the answer and they can they can deal him, they might. But if they can't deal him, you still got to pay him. So he's going to be there perhaps in the rotation unless they've lost all confidence. But I'm starting to get more and more concerned with the offensive line because you know the Raiders had a week up on everybody. They started camp early because of this game. They are going through these rotations. We've seen... Lester Cotton, who spoke to the media on Monday, kind of elevate again. He seems to have good buzz around him. Dylan Farham, Parham, the, the rookie, is doing well in, in turn. So you suddenly have some other players who are showing some, some proclivity to maybe at least be in the talk about starting. You don't want to push the panic button yet on anybody. We talked about that last time. But at the same time, you have to address that offensive line because you have to protect that newly signed quarterback behind there and by the way that's what makes your whole offense go so at what point do the Raiders really need to start doing something about it is it after this first game regardless of how the Raiders feel about Brandon Parker right tackle and Lester Cotton at right guard I think you bring in veteran insurance just because you want to have depth there because even if you're higher on those two guys what if one of them gets hurt then what do you do are you going to put yeah. Alex Wood who's struggling in there no you you might want a better you might want some veteran insurance and this is why I'm going to say his name for the 179th time. This is why <laughs> you bring in Daryl Williams if he, you know, if he's, you know, out there looking for a job, willing to play, just for the veteran insurance. Even if you're not high on the guy, I, I just think you need someone to step in just in case you do have injuries or Brandon Parker doesn't pan out or Lester Cotton doesn't pan out how you think they will. I think the Raiders should bring another guard and a tackle. I know they have Alex the Bars there, but doesn't have much starting experience. Pretty much a spot guy. He can you he can play at all five positions, I believe. But I think you need some backup reinforcements. And, and I know people are going to say, what about Thayer Mumford? And Thayer Mumford is a name that's getting mentioned a lot as the right tackle. But again, I think you just want some experience on that line just in case your young guys don't pan out. Yeah, no doubt about it. But they also, um, I was interested because they did they did talk to Josh McDaniels 
uh, about um, the situation. This was on Sunday when he last spoke with the media, and they talked about it, and they also um, asked him about kind of how the competition on that offensive line was going. So let's let's hear from McDaniels on that offensive line because, again, I'm, I'm starting to get real concerned with, with where they're going to go uh, on this and who's going to – and they have time, yes – who's going to kind of win out at that. But here's McDaniels talking about the progress of the offensive line, and then we'll come back and talk about it because I think he does something brilliant. You know, there. there's there's been some, um, you know, the, like normal, there's some good and some bad. Um, you know, I think anytime you have an opportunity to get into pads, what happens is, is there's, you know, there's going to be some things on the very first day that are sloppy, which we saw that the other day. And then the second day was better. Um, you know, and now we've had, you know, a day off and a shells day, and now we're going to come back into them today. So um, I know those guys really are eager to take the opportunities that we have in full pads to try to work on those things because, you know, you just can't simulate that. So um, a third pad a day, we're going to learn more about ourselves today than we, than we have in the first couple of days. Uh, there's definitely some things we, we can improve. Um, but as a whole, I think both sides of the ball are trying to do the right things. Um, we're just not there yet in terms of being able to do it over and over and over again consistently, which is not unique to this year. You know, that's generally the case. You know, they haven't been in pads in months, and now we've had two days. So um, we didn't expect it to look perfect at this point, and uh, we're just going to kind of tr try to use these days that we have today and tomorrow to build on this. Uh, so hopefully we, we can improve those things and make them more consistent. There you go. Now, what I want to point out before we get into the substance of what he said is the absolute brilliance of professional coaches to talk for that long and really say not much, to really say nothing, right? So Bill Belichick's reputation, Mo, of, of you know being dour on the stand and like, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels is not that way. You've pointed it out several times. He has much more personality. Uh, he gets into it a lot more. He's much more personable at this point in his career, right? And but if you listen to what he said there, other than hey, it's training camp and guys make mistakes, and hey, it goes back, they do some good things. He didn't say anything at all about the competition there. Uh, but he also is not letting on, for example, who he likes performance. You know, is there a guy that he can point out? He's not getting into any of that. He's keeping tight lipped on it, which to me is coach speak. But at the same time, we're not hearing other than what we're hearing the little reports out of the media. We're not hearing a lot about the competition here and who's kind of winning out. Yeah, and this is why you have to kind of connect the dots and pay attention to all the reports that are going coming out of Raiders camp. And this is why I read different outlets and I compare notes, listen to the play, look at the player's bio language, even though I try not to be to play psychologist too much because you never know what's going on in a player's life or why he has a certain bio language he has at, at the podium. This is why I didn't want to read too much into Alex Leatherwood because he's usually kind of soft-spoken, doesn't say much at the, at the podium either. But with Josh McDaniels, I don't expect him to tip his hand. And there have been reports saying that the Rays aren't going to show much even in their preseason games. I know they play the Jaguars just this year, but regardless of the opponent, the, the notion is that they weren't going to show much anyway. And, and that's right. that comes from being under Bill Belichick and the Patriots, just not wanting to show too much and coming out to surprise people once – the regular season happens so i expect all that. i don't expect him to tip his hand but again i just just caution people pay attention to these reports that are coming out of camp because these are people who are actually observing these practices and they're telling you mm -hmm. what the pecking order is so don't pay attention too much to what the coach says read about what's going on at these practices yeah it's important too because preseason camp it's hard for people 
they're excited about football coming back. But for those guys on the ground, those guys and gals, excuse me, on the ground watching practice every day, some of which you and I know, and we and we get some back channel stuff too. They see the coaches yelling at guys, moving them in the position because they're out of position. That's the kind of stuff that we don't get, right? That player, or excuse me, fans don't see. So to your point, keeping track of that is important. I know a lot of fans will look at it and say, oh, there's the beat reporters being negative again about this guy or that guy. Now, I'm not saying that they're all right all the time, but they do have a good beat on it, so it'll be interesting. But that's also the, the, the I think, good thing, Mo, about preseason football, as much as fans complain about it because they have to pay full price for a ticket, which I think is, is highway robbery myself. But the fact remains, when you watch these preseason games, like for me, I'm going to watch the game, and I'm going to watch the offensive line. I could care what's going on with the ball. I know Devontae Adams is going to be fine. I know Darren Waller is going to be fine. I know Hunter Renfro is going to be fine if they even play, which they probably won't. But on that offensive line, watching play by play, if you're watching that game, watch those guys and how they perform. That's the way for me to watch preseason football. Especially for this team where one of the biggest questions is the offensive line. But I will say a quick note. Notice how, you know, you don't hear about, obviously, Colton Miller is, is a lock to start. Uh, for the most part, you don't hear about John Simpson taking second, third team reps. He's pretty much been their left guard. That's been the constant. I know Dylan Parham has stolen some center snaps from Andre James, but the overwhelming notion is that Andre James is going to be the starter. Lester Cotton, you haven't heard him relinquish any snaps from the right guard position. Alex Otherwood is the question mark. A lot of people put a big spotlight on, but you hate to, you hate to be the guy to say something from miles and miles away from camp, but the obvious observation is he isn't doing as well as a lot of people thought he would do back in the spring. Right, and that was after an offseason where his coach talked him up where they talked him up about his preparation, his his physical um, uh, training, all that stuff. So he, everybody was kind of giving him positive affirmations coming into camp. And so that's why I think some of the reports, whether they're misreads or not about the negative the body language and his attitude off the, off the field or off the camera maybe, is interesting because he kind of had everything set up to succeed. He just had to go out and perform. Uh, and that's always the rub, right? You have to go out and actually get the job done. So we'll have to see how it all pans out there. But huge question marks around offensive line. I know we're going to talk a lot, a lot about it uh, after the game, I'm sure, and into the next week as they head into preseason game number two. We're going to step aside for our first break here on Silver and Black today. When we come back, we'll get to the rest of camp notes. We'll hear from Derek Carr as well. Uh, and him getting comfortable in the Josh McDaniels defense, or excuse me, offense, Mo. Also, though, remember we talked last time, my friend, about focus and no penalties and all that stuff? Derek Carr talks about that, too. So we'll get to that when we come back. Just a reminder, hit the subscription button. Don't forget. Do that. That way the show is pushed to you directly each time. We certainly appreciate that. Also, drop us a five-star rating. And uh, we would definitely love that from you as the show continues to grow here as an Odyssey original podcast. All right, we'll step aside. When we come back, we roll on. Silver and black today. Don't go anywhere.